So imagine that the music's just coming. Do 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 Is that what it sounds like? That's Mario, I think. Do do do. No, it's not. But what do you think of our nice little jingle? It's good, isn't it? I do Did like you the just jingle. Hear it yes, saying? it's very. That's the magic. Sounds of very. Podcasts. Makes me feel like I'm on holiday. Yes, it's, it's a tropical it's a house. Good, thing. It's a good jingle. It's a little jingle I, I put together. Um, this is the first episode of the Travelator. Is my name's Frankie Hawking. And I am also Wheelchair Frankie on multiple social medias. And this is Becky. Hello. My uh, chief navigating officer, <laughs> as I call her when we're Who driving. Who doesn't know her left and right. She doesn't know her left and right, and so we get lost frequently, and we did today. <laughs> um, and somehow we've actually always managed to find our way back because I'm a genius. It's not well. But Becky is um, Becky's also my girlfriend, and we are in our flat currently sat in the living room recording this episode and this podcast is about wheelchair travel and our experiences together as uh, myself as a wheelchair user and becky as a non-disabled walkie person walkie person you're a walker yeah a i'm a walker you 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 walk i can't walk very well but i'm a walker yeah she's very clumsy always falling over me you're full of bruises currently as well it's fine uh so this is about um our experiences together and uh, how it differs and what you don't think about or for both from both sides, really, because uh, I there's stuff that I do and I've got to do for my travels that I've I just always do. That's just what I've got to do. I just always do it. Well, it's funny, though, because I don't think of it as a, as the hurdle that people, some people do. Yeah, because I, I was born with my condition. So I've got brittle bones or osteogenesis imperfecta. Ooh, scientific. That's the, that's the Latin. That's a name. And um, uh, so I been in a wheelchair from being very young so i've never known any different uh which often just means that like it's a lot easier for me to just kind of just take everything in my stride and i just uh i like to travel and explore the world my travel experiences came when i was younger mostly from just going on holiday with my family and uh through work i've driven places and i've taken the train and i've i've got quite i'm quite experienced in my own travel independently but mostly through recent years with Becky. Yay. So uh, we've been on quite a few holidays yeah. with friends and things. So this is about, we're going to explore the different options of uh, of disability travel, wheelchair travel, and uh, kind of discuss those and maybe offer some advice and little tips from our experiences, what not to do or what to do, and maybe a bit, the good, the bad, and the ugly of what it's like traveling with me. Not just because I've got a massive mouth and I'm a pain in the ass, but because... You are a pain in the ass. The I have an extra thing to think about where my legs are actually a set of wheels. So, um, oh, Do you know what I didn't say? What didn't you say? Um, I we act, This is the second time we're recording this uh... episode. Because you balled up the first time. No, yeah, I oh, um sorry, the recorder. Oh, it's fine. The recorder. Uh, I accidentally put a room filter on it, so it was really reverby, and you can't remove it once it's recorded into it without using this this gate, and it just um a threshold gate. Oh, and it sound techies, and it sounds awful. Nerd. Yeah, I'm a nerd. Uh, so we decided to re-record this. I feel like 
it's been better anyway because the first one we were actually really nervous which is weird because i don't normally get nervous about doing things what are you gonna call me all right, let's carry on, shall we? Cocky shit. No, no sorry, well. take that out. But I'm a gobshite, is what you're about you to are, call me. You are a gobshite. So this particular episode is just kind of an overview. Uh, I will discuss uh, Becky's experiences before she went travelling with me to what it was like, maybe if it was daunting or not, when you first went travelling with me. Mm. So what is your experience of travelling before you met me? What did you do? Um, so before I met you, I did a bit of travelling around Europe um, just kind of did city breaks, staying in hostels, um, just cheap and cheerful trips, really. Um, I never really had a problem travelling. Well, I never had a problem travelling with you, but travelling... Yeah, what are you trying to say? <laughs> um, I'm sorry, I'm such an inconvenience to you, such Becky. Such an inconvenience. Um, yeah, travelling by myself was, I mean, I get stressed at the best of times, but it's all... <laughs> it, it was all relatively easy. You just follow the crowd and you follow the signs. You go to the plane and get hopefully get the right stop and the right flight and everything. Yeah, never never been on the wrong flight then. Out of all the people I know in the world, <laughs> I you it wouldn't surprise me if I hear if I got a message from you going, "Oh, I got on the wrong flight." I'd be like, "Never That's done such that." A I'm very thing. surprised I've never done that. Yeah, you. I, then again, I've always been travelling with Alicia, who is my friend, who is extremely organised. So I can't imagine. She'd ever... Would you say you're as organised? No, I'm not as organised. I feel like I've become more organised well, because of your disorganisation. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when we go travelling together, I, I kind of take it in my stride and I want everything to go to plan so I get really organised because I don't think I don't want things to go wrong for you. So oh, I think I've become... Aren't you oh, sweet? So sorry. Um, I think I've become more organised travelling with you. I The same. I think maybe because we... Maybe we... We're we were good for each other in that way that we, you know, good partnership. Well, I don't know. It won't go that far. Because I feel like what, you know, on the surface, the wheelchair and Frankie as a whole would be the liability. I am not the liability in our relationship <laughs> at all. No, if anything, I, you're my carer. People presume wrong. Yeah, people, where, yeah, and that's the uh, first point is the amount of times where it, I think it surprises people that Becky isn't A, my carer, know, or B, me. my sister. Yeah. We've so, had that a lot on holiday. Oh, you're with your sister. No. Yeah. Well, so I was like, your brother. It's like, no. <laughs> we don't even look alike, really. Like, <laughs> we're fair, but I'm, like, you're quite gingery skinned, yeah. and I'm, I'm, like, quite darker skinned and blondish. I've got brown eyes. But yeah, we don't even look alike. Just. All right. No, huh? one, no one needs to know Not what you look like. It's fine. We're just. Well, yeah, we're going to be completely anonymous. <laughs> But if you want to find out anything about us, I've got a, a, just go on any Frankie social yes. media page. Do uh, I've got Wheelchair Frankie on Instagram uh, and at Frankie Hocking on Twitter, and then I've recently started my YouTube channel. Hopefully, when this comes out, my first YouTube video would have gone out, and that was my trip to Barcelona with some friends of mine. Becky wasn't there for that one. Um, it was a I just holiday. I never really oh lads 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 we are not lads <laughs> like that though. We we had a really good proper. You know, a culture break. I say it was good. Uh, they're they're a good bunch, um, and I feel like we do that. We're not very good at um, sitting still for very long. As mu- as ironic as that sounds. Yeah, even when we go on like all inclusive holidays, we can't just stay in the hotel, can we? We we like to go and explore and yeah. See so what's we out did, and about. We out had on a boot. Oh, <laughs> Why did you do that? <laughs> when um uh when we were first trip this is what we'll talk about a little bit now but the next episode will be specifically about this one but the first holiday we had together 
we've been together for about a year, would you say? Was it? Yeah, 2017. Yeah, yeah, we've been about, yeah, about yeah a year. so we've been together a year, and we went to Gran Canaria from a rec- recommendation from my mother. Uh, her and my sister went for a little holiday uh, when, yeah, just around winter time, and it was quite cheap because it was winter time, and they had a really lovely time, and it was a uh, a recommendation from my mum that for the hotel was good, and it was quite flat down to the beach and everything, so... Um, which is always a good place to start, I think, when you're traveling, particularly when you've got the extra thing to think about uh, in terms of wheelchair is um, is go by recommendations. And that's one of the reasons why I want to do this podcast is that I feel like there should be more information out there, not just from what's written on a website, because we've also had experience of that going wrong, yeah. is uh, w- actually people's experiences from people with lived experience. That makes sense. I've mm. said experience twice, but you know well, what I mean. Well, we've had hotels that have um, claimed they're fully wheelchair accessible, and they've got stairs up to the pub and stairs up to the down to the restaurant, down to the pool. And yeah, you are specifically that's one. Well, particular... that's one hotel. Yeah, yeah, that was one place we went to, but we have had experiences where it is like it's not fully accessible. Uh, but we'll go into that another time. So, in terms of the differences for you when we were traveling together, like I said at the beginning of my little spiel is I don't know any different in yeah. traveling. That extra thing is just always something I've got to factor in. When you used to, when you were traveling, like you said, you go with your friends and you go with the crowd and you just know what to do. What what was the biggest, I guess, not culture shock, but shock for you? So I, I to be totally honest with you, I found it quite overwhelming when we first went away because there's just another thing to think about not that you're like a burden at all but where i'd go by myself you just go on a plane you don't but think what, about what anything. creates that hurdle what is it that's what's not just your what you've got to think about there are things that happen that resist it what is that for you uh so like you know you've got to talk to extra people you've got to go different routes at the airport you've got to go to the special assistance luggage uh, you've got to check in with people so there's just always mm. that extra thing to think about and it's just making sure everything's in place so like you know god forbid your wheelchair doesn't get left behind or that it's on the on it's on the plane or yeah disclaimer it's never happened to me but i know people that's happened to yeah when their plate their um chair's been put on a different flight or something we always whenever we see your plate your chair wheel out when we've landed you always have a massive sigh of relief yeah you're like, oh there's my legs so uh in terms of actually yeah when you always you get on first but you come off last and there's always a little bit of time waiting for your chair my chair to come out uh most of the time for anyone that's in a wheelchair and yeah it's that, that moment of oh my goodness it's there because i've heard stories where yeah, it doesn't get I know, through that, I, that would terrify me so in terms of um you know, saying like the extra people you got to talk to and different routes you got. What made that stressful? Was it because it wasn't, it isn't as simple? It should be laid out simpler. Well, yeah, absolutely. And it, it was just completely new territory. And I, I think it is just overwhelming because it, nobody is like, oh, this, this, and this. You've got to go speak to different people. You've got to find persons. You've got to find the assistance desk. Um, I think. It just wasn't as probably straightforward as it should have been. I think yeah. now that I've travelled with you, I'm, I obviously know exactly what to do and what to do when you get to the airport. But I think the first time, I just I just didn't know what to do. I didn't because yeah. well, when we first flew to Gran Canaria, I didn't even know that we had to check in at the assistance desk. Mm. Nobody had told us that, mm. so it was not until we were in the gate we were like, oh well, we've not actually spoken to anyone, and yeah. we panicked a little bit, didn't we? Because see, that's the thing. This is what. 
there needs to be more training and more awareness within staff. A clear, concise plan that seems to lack. So the, my what my biggest issue is, is that really no two airports, even like two trips to the same airport are alike. No. Because it doesn't, you don't know who's going to know what. People go by different procedures. I've had people want to tag my wheelchair um, at the assistance desk. Some people want to put it in the luggage. Sorry. So, uh, Do you remember that girl that tried to uh, tag your wheel and you were like, well, no, I need the wheels to move? Yeah. And uh, she just wasn't getting it at all. Well, that th- what's funny is that, like, so basically what has to happen is we, because we don't get stressed about it now, is because we've had to think of our own way to do it. We know what we need to do more than the staff most of the time. And when I, when you were kind of some people, if you go up against that, they don't like it. And she mm, was not happy. Yeah, no, no. It's like that she tried to tag to the uh, the bar on my wheelchair on the, even the spokes, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Was I think it, the it was. It was something to do with the wheel, which would stop it moving. Yeah, and it was like well, I don't want it going up and down my chair and rolling over. She didn't understand, like, and felt like. Uh, she was annoyed that I even suggested yeah. doing something maybe a little bit more practical. We were an inconvenience to her. Yeah. Because, yeah. So I, this is one thing that lacks in a lot of places. Some, some partic- I think because we're so regimented here as well, mm. like that people don't, don't know what to do sometimes. And so like, and instead of trying to be flexible, they're like, oh, like try and overdo it on the rules. Yeah. Well, like, I've been to some countries where it's the opposite, where, everything all all rules go out the window because they want to prioritize me which so it's one extreme to the other i find that uncomfortable yeah, yeah. so like when we're in tunisia and i'm happy to queue with everyone yeah, else we're, we're queue like normal people we're brits we like yeah, queuing yeah and then we got usher didn't we usher to the yeah front. they were like we're, uh, and she didn't speak english but she was like clicking at us like trying to beckon us over and we had to skip the queue and it's just embarrassing everyone's looking at us like well why do they get to skip the queue and we're like we don't want to skip the queue so there are some places that give us so we have to do above and beyond everyone else where everyone else has to do like more or you go to some places and you have to you have to you skip loads of things completely less. Yeah, it's really strange. Yeah, it's different everywhere, isn't it? Mm. Do you know what I find interesting at airports is when you go up and you ask a question about your chair or your travel or whatever, and then uh, they are they answer me. They look at me and answer your question uh. that you've just asked, and I'm like. No, no, he's just asked the question. Don't be looking at me. This has nothing to do with me. If anyone that's listening that's also in a wheelchair or any kind of uh, disability really will know that feeling. Yeah. So there's this uh, element of uh, assumptions that somehow I'm unintelligible because I'm in a wheelchair. Mm. And uh, like, and it is funny because sometimes you really, you are really keen for me to take the lead and you generally don't know how to answer them. And it's like, please stop talking to me. Like I know he knows yeah, more yeah, than I do. Yeah. Weird. Um, I don't have it. And that is always different in different cultures as well. So not just um, in England, like everywhere you go, there's some, some cultures really just, yeah, it's really tricky. But it's just, it's just crazy how people just, see you in a chair and then like you said presume that you're not intelligent or, or can't uh, uh, vocalize what you want or what you need it's yeah it's an interesting perception that people have hmm. so i thought as this is the first one we'll run over what it's like from beginning to end of our travels mm-hmm. to travel with me okay so a, any general trip so and then there's kind of an idea of what i have to go through um, and before I, I'm just going to put this out there that when I say go through, 
it it isn't that bad. I think there's time like I we wouldn't do it so much if the the gains didn't outweigh the negatives. Well, yeah, we've had we've had some awful experiences traveling, but then we've also had some amazing experience. Excuse me, experiences traveling. I can't get my words out today. I don't know what <laughs> that was. Um, so yeah, it is. So yeah, for example, we'll we'll do an episode on it. But we went to Berlin, and uh, it was the worst airport experience I've ever had in my life. I've been to. Oh, we went to. I went to Ghana a couple of years ago uh, with another lad in a wheelchair. And um, that was pretty, like, it was, the the airport was falling apart and things, and it was very strange how they did it, but, like, actually it wasn't a horrendous experience. And you'd think in somewhere like Germany that's known for its efficiency that they'd uh, be a little bit more on it, but it was horrendous. Uh, so we'll go from the beginning. So the beginning, we've, uh, most of the time, because where we live in the southwest, uh, Plymouth, it doesn't have an airport. It used to, but it doesn't. So the nearest airport is Exeter, or uh, Bristol, but your family used to live near about half an hour away from Gatwick. Yeah. So that was handy. So when we went to Grand Canaria, bless her, your poor mum. Mum's personal taxi company. Yeah. uh, 4.30 in the morning dropped us to Gatwick. So that's always something to think about. So obviously that's easy. You've got friends or family, that's a given. You could have that. But when we're going to somewhere like Bristol, we had to take uh, what they call the Falcon Coach. We have to book that through email because I had to book the disabled bay on the coach through an email and then they get back to yeah, you. And you. They're all supposed to have wheelchair access onto the coach, but they never do. No, we've uh, I've taken never. coaches quite a few times and not once has the lift that's meant to come out worked. So yeah, they, it means so you have supposedly to climb up the stairs, which is not nice. Yeah, which is um, it's really awkward. And like, I'm fortunate that I I've got full use of my legs and I can climb up stairs. But there'd be people that don't have such mobility where they'd be pretty screwed. I think if you have yeah, to get yeah, up there, yeah. or they'd have to get carried, and sometimes you don't want to be carried, like, particularly by a stranger. Yeah, or... Absolutely. So well, you've this had your is fair share of being carried by strangers as well, haven't you? Yeah, and like anyone, you also know if you're in a wheelchair that sometimes it's better than being left out, or better than not getting involved. They just you just get a quick carry yeah. if that's it. Like particularly in England, they don't want to do that. It's health yeah. and safety. But when you go to other countries... But yeah, the, like the bus in Gran Canaria, the, those two blokes did not even hesitate, didn't even ask you, they just literally lifted yeah. you up. And really nice blokes, but it was like the, the lift, there was a lift on that, but it broke, didn't it? Yeah. So um, they had to, yeah, they lifted me off and that was really nice. Uh, or even in Tunisia when there were steps up the thing, we had those two blokes carry, yeah, yeah. carry me up. And um, if you're okay with that, that's great, but some people won't be. Uh, some people yeah, won't feel confident doing that or there are some places that won't let you do that. So if you arrive at a coach and it's not accessible, that's pretty bad. We're, again, quite fortunate I can climb up. What happens when you reserve the uh, disabled bay is there's normally a space for you to have your chair with you. If not, they'll put it underneath the hold. I've got a small enough chair that is easy. It's one frame um, RGK chair that just goes in. and uh, But some chairs might be quite big as well. So uh, And then you get the front seat. Although we've had to Perks. ask people to move before, yeah, that's we? Always which is really uncomfortable. Like, and some we've had people just say no as well, not move, and that's weird too. When was that? There was that bloke. I, oh, I might have been, might not have been you. They'd be in there. Oh, there was a bloke that just sat. I think back from Germany. I swear there was a guy that just sat in the front. Oh, I do remember. Yeah, yeah. and he was like, "No, I'm getting off soon." Probably kicked up a fuss, didn't I? Well, you were pissed. It always, yeah. yeah she, Becky's reactions are <laughs> oh, hilarious. 
there's one thing as well is that I think lots of my friends, we've had to experience a lot of this a lot through growing up and things. And it just sometimes isn't worth getting that annoyed about where we've been together for nearly four years, me and Becky. So it's still, he's still relatively new to the... Yeah, I just get riled up at anything. Uh, Becky anything. kicks off. The funniest thing is kicking off at children. Because <laughs> children can be really rude. And uh, staring or pointing and things. It's, um, and Becky gets really, really annoyed. It's quite funny. I just can't control myself. I shouldn't be shouting at children. I don't shout at children, but I do give them evils. And I'm a little bit You do bit say, excuse me, to them. Which can is I help you? Yeah. Are you okay? It's quite funny. It's rude to stare. Do you know that? We yeah. are getting sidetracked. Uh, sorry, I should probably bite my tongue, yeah. We've only just started the journey, so we've got on the bus at this point. Yeah. You know, get on, on the bus, um, and that's that's always fine. Yeah, and what's nice is often the I've we found we haven't really had any moody bus drivers, and they've always been really helpful. So they've offered to help me up the stairs, uh, and they've always just been really accommodating with the wheelchair, and they even helped me. They let me off first. When we get to a, yeah. the rest stop, they're normally called... normally nice blokes, aren't they? <clears throat> Apart from that miserable. Blood. Oh my goodness! Say that again. <laughs> miserable. Apart. Apart. Oh my goodness! What did I say? You went apart from. <laughs> oh no! I'm getting a Plymouth twang. I know that. I uh, so th- this is about getting to know us as episode. So I feel like this is okay to go on a tangent. Becky's from the south, or almost southeast. Southeast, yeah. Yeah. So East Sussex. All right. So they're quite well spoken. Slash. A bit of a London twang, um, and obviously moved down to Plymouth. My, my common when I get drunk, I get really common, don't I? Yeah, and uh, don't, don't I? Don't I? Um, and since you lived in Plymouth, you really lived here for about three, nearly four years. Ago. <gasps> oh, even longer. Yeah, because you were seven a uni years. Format. Yeah, seven yeah. years. Wow. Whoa. Yeah. So, uh, and uh, Becky stayed here for work and for me, and you just started picking up little Jannerisms, I like to call them. <laughs> Jannerisms. All right, my flower. All right, bird. <laughs> no, I hate so, it. Awful. That's a anyway. proper West Country. Okay. Um, what Where were we? we? What got were we distracted. This is so bad. Okay. Oh, apart from that miserable lad, that <laughs> that miserable lad in Paris, Par- Disneyland. Oh yeah. Who was really grumpy? Oh yeah. Yeah. Apart from magic that, breaks. Yeah, magic breaks. Yeah, apart that's that, like being uh, nice bus drivers. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll do an episode on it. But um, Disney was was amazing in terms of accessibility. I love apart Disney. from I called magic breaks about their coach and they swore it was wheelchair accessible and it wasn't so uh this is a bit yeah it's a bit tricky when dealing with that so you always got to be really really careful like you have to stress what the situation is so an alternative is private transfers so we'll get to that but next we've got to we get to the airport and the first thing you've got to go to really is special assistance so you need to let them know uh, that you're there mostly for me due to the fact that they need to tag my wheelchair as a piece of luggage mm-hmm. to make sure it gets on the right bloody flight. So uh, that's that's the most important thing. And then if you need any additional assistance, they will meet you somewhere. They can help you with your bags. Yeah. Um, They're normally like normally really lovely people, really helpful, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. The only thing is the inconsistencies. Yeah. So they some I've been told contradicting things by the same team, and that's really weird. So there needs to be better communication. But yeah, it's pretty good. I found they're um, they're often really helpful, and also if you know what you're doing, and you they more often than not will listen to me. So I'll be like, actually, I don't need that. I don't need the extra help. Well, yeah, sometimes... they sometimes try and get you on a like a pu- a, ch- a push chair, not a push chair. Yeah, like a wheelchair a with that, un- yeah, not a self propelled wheel a propelled wheelchair to then put the wheelchair on the luggage. Yeah. So uh, you do your normal luggage thing, 
and sometimes that's where they'll um they'll tag the wheelchair as well they've asked me how much my chair weighs before so it's often good to have that prepared but i don't think it's necessary because i'd say one out of like 10 times i've been asked that mm, so yeah. they they might ask you how much your chair weighs uh and uh yeah often they they will want to try and get it in with the luggage and then you'll be sat on one of their chairs and when you are four foot tall like i am where my chair is so specific to me even if it was it wasn't it was a self-propelled chair i would be screwed really yeah. and we've um but also like they're your legs you don't want to be you won't want me to be pushing you around the airport yeah but they sometimes they don't like it when you say oh no i'm gonna keep my chair until we get on the plane yeah they're, they they have to like ask can we do that and stuff but more often than not i i found actually we've always done it since yeah, i've been with yeah, you yeah. which is um i if you yeah just be assertive and they should listen to you uh you should be an adult at this point as well i guess when you're <laughs> traveling on your own but they should listen to you as an adult and i've always been able to wheel up the gangway to onto the the um the bit of the plane what's the front of the bit of the plane called where you first walk on i'm looking at becky because becky's brother's a pilot and she's meant to know more about planes than anyone. Flight deck? Flight deck. Is that it? It right. might be. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. So right before the chairs, and then I'm able to get to my seat, uh, which is normally three rows down, and uh, I can climb there myself. Or you can be put onto an aisle chair, uh, which is, I think they prefer that. Yeah, and we've then done that they, a couple like, of times, haven't we, where you transfer to the aisle chair and then transfer to the seat. What is this position called? I can't. I can't put it on that. Oh, um, arms, you cross arms, your arms across your chest. I don't yeah, know. your arms across your chest. So like shoulder, one hand on one shoulder, one hand on the other shoulder in, a, in an X. They want you to do like that. The brace and then position. Brace position, that's yeah, it. Yeah, that's an They want to put you on, um, brace, brace, brace. They want to put you on a <laughs> aisle chair, put you in the brace position and they, they put They strap you yeah, in like you're a you prisoner. In. Yeah, and then they'll get you to your seat that way. Uh, if that's what they really insist on doing, I've done it a few times, I'd really prefer not to. Uh, sometimes you have to when there isn't a gangway. So I've had to be put, I've had to be cl- uh, uh, pulled upstairs and things, which was pretty horrendous. Uh, Can I ask Like Flyby, which are little small air buses, will, uh, won't often use a gangway. So I've had, we've had to climb up the stairs and they pulled me up on the oh. aisle seat. Yeah, it's pretty horrible. But I did that with Ed, who went to Ghana they with. They pulled so. you up the stairs? I think so, yeah, if I remember. Using those uh, lift machines is fun. I've always never never used one of them before until I met you. Yeah, so have we, have we covered everything in between? Some, All right, so after we've done the chair, I'll go, let's go back and we'll catch up. But So after you've put the, yeah, the tag the chair, normally you have your normal kind of time, and then you've got uh, check-in uh, assistance again most of the time to let them know Once that you've you, gone through security. yeah to find out what gate you're going to be at they will then let special assistants know that we're on our way you also get the vip security which is great so you don't have to queue yeah oh not always sometimes but yeah there's and they fast track you through security which is uh which is quite cool it's awkward you're, when i'm with people when they're like chair never gets checked at security you could have anything in your little your little man pouch it, depo- your chair. it, it totally depends it totally attends totally, is what i went yeah. to it it totally depends uh, I've been asked to get out of my chair before and they properly searched it. But yeah, they very rarely... I always empty it because uh, they um, yeah, they don't check it. But there's a little pouch on the front of my chair where my legs are. 
Uh, they always ask me, have I got any pain anywhere? And they, they pat me down and I got a big rump. So they, they searched down my rump. back. Yeah, I got a big ass. <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that then. I got a big rump, yeah. But they always uh, like check, made me lean forward and have a little, yeah. Have a little feel. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it depends on where you go, how strict they'll be. Like when I went to America, they were really like, yeah. they proper like wiped my chair down and everything. But America's really hot on it. And that was... Oh, uh, 13 years ago. Oh my goodness, I'm old. So once you get through security, which you've been fast-tracked through, or if you're Becky, you end up getting searched every time. Every single time. I don't know why. They always think that she's smuggling Yeah, but I do do really stupid things, don't I? So like that time I forgot my deodorant was in a over 100 mil bottle and they opened it and all my underwear was on top and it, oh, it was just so <laughs> embarrassing. I always do things it like that. It goes back to me like if, if Becky ended up on the wrong flight, I wouldn't be surprised because of things like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not this much. And like, yeah, when you've got a big queue of people and then there's Becky opening her bag with all her underwear on top. <laughs> so funny. I don't it's know what happens. Me. Yeah, it's always you. Uh, very funny. So you get through there, and then once you've get checked in assistance, which we've already said we've done, um, there's a, which we only recently discovered. We went to Portugal for my sister's 30th, and I can't remember who, one of the people at the desk, this is what I mean by the communication needs to be better. They should all tell you this, really, that there is, um, I think it's called the Special Assistance Lounge. Yeah. So, yeah, we've done so many flights from Gatwick and never even knew it was a thing. Yeah, so that's something that they, I think they could be better at explaining because now we'll go there every time. And when Living there's... the life of luxury, I tell you. This yeah. special assistance lounge. I know, you can't, can't really, you know... Don't feel like commoners anymore. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we get... um, And we were able to order on the on the Weatherspoons app and they just bought, like, we managed to Prosecco. get my sister Prosecco yeah. for her birthday and we were sat at in the lounge. It was really nice. nice. And, like, you pay extra for that. Like, we wouldn't expect it. So, like like I said, this that was the first time yeah. we've ever done it. And I wouldn't expect it, but it's quite nice that we had But, that. again, we've never, ever been told we can use those facilities. Exactly. So, that was, um, that was pretty cool. Also, one thing that I don't use, but you can also get on one of those little little vans. Oh, yeah. The tiny little vehicles. Along, yeah. And they offer that to special assistance customers as well. But I feel like me getting out of my chair and then having to find a place to put the chair and things just seems a bit a bit of a faff. So I just oh, wheel. You know me, I like racing to the gate anyway. You know, I sit there and I wait. And the moment that gate number comes up, I'm like, right, we need to go right now. And I just race across the airport. So, so know, easy going. Yeah, really easy going. <laughs> and then we sit there for an hour anyway. So Yeah, you are. You're always like, you're, you're really highly strung until the point where we know our gate number and we're able to sit down. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll get I can't really relax stressed, until we're at the gate. And like, yeah, you, you, sometimes you look a bit around at duty free, but most of the time you're pretty stressed. Yeah. And it's like, just I'm chill. not uh, easy to travel with. I get too stressed, I think. So that's my issue. That's my boundary when I've got to travel with Becky. She's a liability. Cause she's, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah, when, and then when we get to the gate, we're normally, actually, I think always, I can pretty confidently say always meted, uh, gr- greeted by someone from the special assistance team. Yeah, and we get priority boarding. Yes. Not, I wouldn't say this is every airline. Um, because especially EasyJet, we do. Yeah, EasyJet, I have. We did when I when we flew with BA. Tui. But in Tui. So, like, confidently say most of them will give you priority boarding. So we go on with all the, the Yay, rich folks. VIP perks. Yeah, so they they um, often perks. have paid extra for that. Uh, 
I, they've changed the rules in some places, but I used to get two carry-on luggages as well. Yeah. So, so I, but that was a bit contentious last time we went on holiday. So, um, I don't know if that's the case anymore. But yeah, we get to go on normally go on first, and depending on um the plane, I would go on the gangway, like I said, and get to my seat that way, or we go on the mobility lift. I believe that's what it's called, which is like a little yeah. van. Yeah. With a like a big scissor lift. But then there's also been times, right, when we've got to the gate, bear in mind we've spoken to multiple different people from the special assistance team at this moment, hmm. and we get to the gate and the people checking your ticket are like, oh, we're not in an, uh, we've not got a gangway or we haven't got a motor lift, as you just called yeah, mobility it. mobility lift, yeah. And then we're just sat there waiting because they've not done it, and you and we've, what, checked in four hours yeah. ago at the special assistance. Yeah, So and, and we often, like we said, check in twice. So I feel this is why communication. This is a thing that differs when you're traveling with someone in a wheelchair. Mm. Is that you need? I think the extra time is key, not for your own peace of mind, but actually in case things in go case wrong. they yeah. yeah, in case they're not prepared Absolutely. because sometimes they're not. And uh, it, and you understand there are thousands, yeah, upon so thousands of people in and out of airports. All I don't the time, remember but. which flight that was where they didn't have a gangway or a motor lift, but we were first there, so they sorted it quite quickly. But if yeah. we were late, that could have you know potentially delayed the flight or delayed us. Or mm. and uh, we found that the two airports we've flown to, uh, flown from together, Bristol and Gatwick, have always been really on it. Yeah, they're really quick to solve any issues, and we found that actually they're quite efficient. Uh, so, you know, the recommendations from us, not perfect by any means because no, no places, but we we found pretty in safe hands when we go from both Bristol and Gatwick. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I would recommend. But yeah, so if you haven't, we're getting the mobility lift. And I remember uh, take, I went to Barcelona with um, Ben Metz there, but Mike and my, uh, Matt came with me from Plymouth to Bristol. And it's the first time they'd ever had to experience any of it. Um, normally, you get one person with you. But because we were a three, there's three of us, they let both of them come. That's awfully nice of them. Yeah, it's funny. They can be really tight. So but um, so what In was Berlin, really funny... they wouldn't let us go as a four. No, yeah, that's different. That was four. That yeah. You could split up on your own, but it wouldn't mean leaving Mike or Matt on their own. So I feel like because it was a three. But um, to, to look busy and to look like they were helping me... They both, they grabbed both my bags and they were carrying my stuff and everything. And I was like, just, I felt like royalty. And they're like, we need to look like we're helping Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> but they were like, oh my goodness, I feel like a VIP. And we drove all the way for, on the mobile lift up to the uh, plane. And it, it like goes up like a scissor lift. And then you get on first, uh, which is a gift and a curse. Yeah, we're always first on, last off, aren't we? Yeah, so you get on first and that's quite cool. So you sit down, you get to make yourself comfortable before anyone else comes. And then on arrival, you are the last one off. So you have to sit and wait for everyone to queue. Yeah. And no one is patient either. No. So there are people still getting their bags down and people are barging past them and everything. But sometimes we get to see all the drama that unfolds on the end of a flight. So that's sometimes quite fun. Yes. But that's happened once, to be fair. There's only... That yeah. drunk lady, that, the drunk lady that couldn't get off the plane. Oh, she she already had like necked a bottle of wine and then she'd necked one on the plane. That was a weird was situation. Where was that? Back from Portugal. Portugal? Yeah, because your family had already got off and we were last on. Oh, of course. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll go into that story another time because it's just a funny one. So, yeah, and then we have the weight for the neck for the chair. And that can, it, depending on how they do it, sometimes they, t- they take it off first and they're quite quick, but sometimes they've got to wait for it to come off with the luggage. And this is where I've had different, differing experiences is I've been 
waiting for ages and then they're like oh it's gone down with the luggage which means they've loaded it up and they've put it on the turntable thing yeah and then i've had to go in one of their really crappy chairs oh when did that happen uh me and ed coming back from heathrow oh. but that wasn't the only time when i was younger it happened a lot more because that's never happened with us no, no. it hasn't so um yeah that's always a uh it, it depends on arrivals what they're like but come back from Heathrow, it's horrendous. They like it was probably waiting for about an hour and fifteen minutes for our wheelchairs, and we were in chairs that did, had tiny wheels, couldn't push ourselves. Oh, yeah, it was that's really horrendous. Nice. Um, I guess it was quite nice that you were with Ed, so you both kind of experienced it. That together. was it. So we but... were obviously we, went, we had Ghana, which was weird. Like we went through like a back door, and there were like cupboards and stuff, like wardrobes and things in this weird door, and went outside like a fire exit to get to the plane. Very, very weird. And I feel like it was so much better that me and Ed experienced that together than either of us being on our own. Uh, so, yeah, on arrival, uh, sometimes, uh, all being well, they bring the chair to the top, um, climb, like they, they bring up the stairs and they put it in front of me and then I get on it and then I'm fine. Uh, often you're met with special assistants and sometimes... If they don't speak English, you you can't really explain. You don't really need any help. Yeah, they come sometimes with the big mo- the like big mobility car that they help with, and we're like, no, we're fine. We'll yeah, just walk or they come way. with a wheelchair to put me in, and they're like, I oh, know yeah. I don't need the wheelchair, and then they'll be overly helpful good, that's with good our bags. Though, that they're prepared. Yeah, yeah often they they are prepared on arrival, which is good. Yeah, so we've that's not been too bad, but it's funny because like they'll try too hard to help when like. We're very capable of finding where we need to go sometimes, but it is available to you. Yes. So when you book special assistance, it's not just for your departure. It communicates with your, the other end as well. So there'll be someone there to help you. So um, all being well, you'll be able to just go down and get your luggage. And then everything else is the same as anyone else traveling. You, you follow the directions to where you need to go. But you might be in the situation where you've got to wait for your chair to come out the turntable thing. I don't know what they call that. What is it? Call it a turntable. Probably baggage, not. Baggage reclaim? Yeah, baggage. Baggage reclaim. Yeah. That's what it's on the signs on all the airports. Baggage reclaim. Don't look at me like I'm stupid. <laughs> One thing that happens a lot in travel, lots of things generally for the disability community, is sometimes you have to fork out a little bit of extra money because you won't get the the accessible options within cheap price ranges. So we found the best way for uh particularly when you were on arrivals is to get private transfers yeah, to where we're going yeah and they you get a, it's just basically like a taxi and it um they then you've got that one-to-one it's a lot easier because you don't know what the coaches are going to be like on the other end and the communication on the other end so we've uh we've always gone with well as my mum recommended grand canaria that was our first experience was we got a private transfer and we've not really looked back yeah we just got we just got on with it didn't we i know it's a little bit more money but it's just the reassurance at the end of the day isn't it yeah so it's always worth looking into a private transfer because at the end of the day you never know we're going to get on the other side so um and then everything is obviously travel is fine and then you've got to think about accommodation so our next thing we're doing one of the big things we're doing is uh we've got a couple of things actually coming up but one is um we're going camping yep and first time ever yeah we've uh i used to camp a lot when i was younger and when you're a kid it's a lot easier i find to, like... well i say first time ever i've been camping and never been camping with a wheelchair before no. 
You're a wheel. I'm a wheelchair. I'm a wheelchair. You're not a person. You're just a chair. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, we're going camping together. Uh, obviously, at the moment the pandemic's still around, and we're we're still being careful. But we want to go somewhere quite secluded and have our own little tent. But the one thing that I can't skip out on, again, people don't think that, but this is quite important, is I need to have accessible toilets. I can't just go to any any campsite and just hope for the best because if you're stuck somewhere and I can't go to the toilet or I can't shower properly, it's almost a bit dehumanising. So I think that's something that happens quite a lot, isn't it? When we're out and about, you'll be really you'll be really aware of the whole toilet situation, so you won't you won't ever go to the toilet when we're out and about, will you? Because yeah. you just don't know, like especially in foreign countries, you won't know what's available. Yeah. So uh, when especially when you're doing little. Um, little day trips and things because often the places i've been to are quite well established built-up cities i'd say so you're you're pretty pretty safe with most of them but then you do day trips that go to cultured places and older places and you've got i've got to be really careful i can't be drinking loads i can't and uh it's really hard if you're in a hot country because i i want to be drinking water or you'll turn into potpourri yeah that's what i said oh my goodness when i went on holiday with my family and my mum and my sister, it was like having two parents. We haven't been on holiday together since I was probably 18. So about 10 years ago, we haven't gone on holiday together until my sister's birthday. And it was like, oh my goodness, I feel like I'm 12 years old again. <laughs> and they're both telling me to drink water. And I was like, don't understand. I don't, I can't just piss in the street. All right. <laughs> so uh, it's uh, it's always something to think about. So I, when we, yeah, we're going camping. And we're also, also going to go interrailing. We go, yeah, interrailing. That's so our first bit of see. We're, city hopping, aren't we? So we're going it. real traveling, almost backpacking. But this is what the difference is. Here you go. The biggest thing is I. We can't just go and rock up to any uh, hostel oh, and be like, yeah. let's let's have a room because if they don't have accessibility, I can't just do it. And it, especially. If I'm getting tired and things, I need to be able to sleep well because yeah. whereas it's really it takes It'll a toll on my body. Whole trip as well, so yeah. that's where it just it's just more planning, isn't it? So we just just more so kind of attention to detail. So if we go into Raylan, we're just going to need to to plan every city and accommodation in advance, whereas most people would just rock up and stay in a hostel, wouldn't they? Yeah, so you got to you got to put that extra bit of thought in. Uh, that's that's the biggest boundary for us disabled people generally is that everything requires that extra level of thought because the world isn't accessible enough really at the moment. In this day and age it should just be a breach and you shouldn't even have to think about it but yeah so that's always the extra thing yeah got to think about so but that's our next big thing we're uh we've got loads of weddings coming up so we can't do lots of holidays but we're going to do uh we're going to do some interrailing and do about three weeks uh, hopping on and off the Eurostar yeah. train. It's not the Eurostar train, but the Eurostar just goes from London to Paris and then there's loads of different trains into the Oh, city. right. Okay. Sorry, yeah. I'm no, just right. Fair enough. tell you. Fair enough. She loves correcting me because I always do it to her. Go on, say you were wrong. I was wrong. <laughs> Go on, say it louder, didn't no. you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so that's kind of a summary of what it's like to travel with me or travel with a wheelchair. It's always that extra bit of thought. There's that extra thing you've always got to go through you can't just go oh let's get the cheapest flight and see what happens organization yeah so hopefully that's kind of uh gives you an idea of what it's like to travel in a wheelchair the uh following episodes are going to be specific trips we've been on 
So the next one will be Gran Canaria, mm-hmm. which is obviously we've already talked a little bit about, but we'll we'll go a proper into everything we did and how we we mastered and, it. And yeah, the recommendations as yeah. well. Yeah. So we'll uh, we'll give that a go, and each episode will be all the places we've uh, visited together, and then I'll have different guests on from my friends and family that I've travelled with outside of travelling with Becky, and uh, hopefully for everyone that's listening, whether you're disabled or you're not disabled. It will uh, be an enlightening process and you kind of understand the extra level of what it's like to travel. Travelling is one of the best things I think you can do. Yeah. And uh, we've the little we've done together has only made me want to do more. And um, I can't wait, really. Yeah, I'm excited. We've got some good stuff coming up. Yeah. So. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for, for listening. Thanks for listening. And I thanks wanted for... to finish it. Thanks Sorry. for listening. Thanks for listening. <laughs> thanks for joining us. Come back next time. Yeah, come back next time for it. And uh, we're going to cue the music now. Ba-da-ba-ba-da-ba. Ba. That's what you said it was. <laughs> <laughs>